Welcome to the Catch the Fire Church podcast. We're so glad you're joining us, and we hope you're encouraged by this message. Um, I thank you, Lord, that we get to release this message today because I've been holding it for 15 years. And so I want to start with a word of prophetic for 2023 because I think it's critical that we know what God is doing and where we are in his kingdom plan. And we are living in unprecedented times. If you watch the news at all, you're going to hear that word. We've been hearing that word. This is unprecedented. It's never been seen before. We, we don't know what's going on. We, we have no nothing to deal with this. And so we need to hear from the Lord more than ever. I saw in the spirit a large gavel coming down and hitting the earth. And it came from the heavenly realm and it broke the ground. And I said, Father, what is that? And he said that it is my gavel of order that I am dropping down in the earth realm. My order will burst forth like wellsprings in your household. My order will bring forth heightened levels of prosperity and provision in your business. My order will bring forth order in relationships, marriages, in church buildings, in organizations, in governments, in the environment, and in every area in which my children move, says the Lord. You will see my order all around you. I have already been stirring it up and awakening, awakening it in you. It's calling you. It's prompting you with a sense of urgency. This is the season to get your finances in order. This is the season to build your storehouse. And when I asked the Lord, what is your storehouse? What do you mean by that, God? He said, your savings accounts, your pantries, your stockpiles, like never before. This is a time to tuck away because there is a famine among us. I implore you to focus on getting order in the areas I have been instructing you to get in order for the last three years. When you move in obedience and order, I can add unto you not only the desires of your heart, but my desires for you, says the Lord. I can release your heavenly storehouse into your earthly storehouses, into the point of overflow. An overflow of my blessings, overflow of my provision, my ideas, my time, overflow of health, an overflow of all you need. Not only for you to be blessed, but for everyone around you to be blessed. I am the God of overflowing blessings. And this is the year to get things in order so you are ready for my overflow. Thus says the Lord. Order in your body. Order in your mind. Order in your relationships. Order in your steps. Order in how you spend your time. An order for prioritizing the works of my kingdom. In order to bring this to earth, there will be an upheaval of any remaining things that are out of order. There will be an upheaval in the world this season. And God showed me when he was talking about upheaval, you know how you have a weed and you like pull the top off, but there's still a root and it grows back. 
He said, an upheaval is me pulling up the roots of things that are not of me, says the Lord. There will be an upheaval in the world in this season. I will pull things up by the root. We have moved out of the season of exposure and into the season of, of, of upheaval. Upheaval precedes my order. But there's good news. The Lord says that this is a time to believe him for the impossible. He says, for I am the God of the impossible. I am the God that exists outside of what you think you know. I am the God that exists outside of what you think you want. I am the God that raises up. I am the God that fills. I am the God that exposes. I'm the God that answers. I'm the God that loves. I'm the God of no boundaries. I say and declare this is the year to take your limits off of me and what I will do in your life. This is a time to believe me for the things that are so big that they're simply impossible. This is a time to come out of what you think you know, what you know how to do, and what you think you're capable of doing for me. This is a time to stand up and and rise like never before and believe me with a faith so big that it is impossible faith. In order to do this, you must come close. Lean in, says the Lord. Allow me to overtake your soul, your emotions, your thoughts, your past, your present, and your future. And while the world is in upheaval, I will keep you, said the Lord. While the world suffers famine of wisdom, Famine of knowledge, famine of understanding, famine of food, and famine of provision in the earth. I am the God that will keep you. I am the God that will bring water into your desert. Will you believe me? Asked the Lord. Will you believe me enough to move? Will you believe me enough to say yes to the things that are beyond you? And you don't know how to do. Yes. Those things that you've never done before. Will you believe me for the impossible? For the realm of the impossible is where I dwell, says the Lord. In the realm of the impossible is where I move. In the realm and the space of the impossible is where I do my best work. Now more than ever, there can be nothing between me and you. There is no more time for emotional wounds, emotional deprivation, emotional lack. There is no time for spiritual lack. There is no more time for sickness and mental illness and all the things that have been plaguing my people in the earth. The Lord asks each of us in here today, will you believe him for the impossible? Will you believe that you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you? Will you believe in yourself as my creation? Ask the Lord. You belong to me. I am the God of impossible. Therefore, you are the children of the impossible. I'm opening up the room of the impossible to you, but make no mistake about it. It is a narrow way and few there will be who finds it. Do not take your eyes off of my way. 
Do not be distracted by the upheaval that will be happening around you. Do not be distracted by the things of the familiar that I'm bringing down because I cannot move you into the new while you're still holding on to what has become comfortable and familiar. You see, I don't come down. You must come up and take your seat with me in heavenly places. Come into my kingdom, purpose, and all of these things shall be added unto you, says the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So this little talk of mine today, my assignment today, is called the God of the Impossible. There are two realms that sit side by side in this world in which we live. There's one that you can experience lack and sorrow and deprivation and struggle. But then there's one that sits right alongside it in a dimension called kingdom. And it is a realm of the impossible. It is a realm of plenteousness. It is a realm of overflow. And I speak to us today that our assignment today is that we graduate from the realm of the possible into the realm of the impossible. From the realm of lack and being separated from the things God has for us and who he says we are into the knowing of who we were created to be and what we were created to build in the earth as his kingdom. Today is your day, my sisters and brothers. Will you say yes to the impossible? Now we know throughout the word that it talks about these two realms. We know in Ezekiel 36, 28 through 30. The Lord talks about, and you shall dwell in the land that I gave your fathers, and you shall be my people, and I will be your God. I will also save you from all of your cleanness, uncleannesses. I will call for the corn, and will increase it, and lay no famine upon you. And while the rest of the world is experiencing the upheaval, the Lord says that I will multiply the fruit of your tree, and the increase of your field. That you shall receive no more reproach of the famine that is among us. There's several places throughout the world, the word that it speaks of these two dimensions. How can somebody in the same world, in the same city, in the same country experience famine while the others are experiencing overflow? It's because the others that we're called to be, to be called to be set aside, to be in the world but not of the world, we are called to do the impossible. So let me define this in a real way, not just in a like rah-rah motivational way. So the realm of the impossible, it transcends what's happening around us. And it literally gives you access to enter the open heaven all around us. The impossible is what is just beyond yourself. It's beyond your know-how. It's beyond anything you've ever done before. But I submit to you that most of us do what we know to do. Most of us stay in the realm of the possible. We work in the areas that we have expertise in. We do the things that we've done before. We do the things where we have skill sets and gifts. That is the realm of the possible. And as long as we are there, lack has access to us. Less than has access to us. And while we're there, you can be subtracted from. Instead of stepping into the realm of kingdom, 
and be added to. And God really is a God of multiplication. And so if you're willing to, to, to think about, I'm reaching as far as I know, God, I don't know what else to do. That's right where God says, now I can use you. I remember a point in my life just struggling as a single mom, um, grew up in a, in a wonderful family that built a very powerful business. But when I was 24, became a single mom. And I remember just struggling. And I remember just like, Lord, what else? And it felt like anything I had was just taken away. And I'm like, Lord, I'm doing what I know to do. I'm trying. And I was sitting one day talking to the Lord. I said, Lord, I feel like I'm flat on my face. What else do you want from me? I don't know what to do. I'm at the end of what I know. And I thought like he was going to take pity on me or your beloved daughter. No, you know what he said? He said, finally, I can use you. As long as we are holding on to who we've been, we cannot step in to who God created us to be. Today is an invitation into the realm of the impossible. So what is fascinating, and we know the word, nothing is impossible with God, and we say it. But the Lord said, go back. And he's like, look at the scripture. I want you to see when my impossible really kicks in. And he showed me three scenarios. There's only three scenarios around which God speaks of the impossible in the word. And try, quite frankly, before I was preparing for this, I didn't even know that. And so the first scenario is in Matthew 17, 20, when the man with the lunatic son comes to Jesus and his disciples can't cast that thing out, but goes to Jesus and Jesus says unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if you have faith as the grain of a mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, remove, I like the King James, y'all, remove hence to yonder place. Isn't that beautiful? And it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. And then when we look at the second scenarios that's described in Scripture where Jesus releases the, the, the declaration of impossibility, it's around the rich young man. And so in Matthew 19, 23 through 26, we also see it in Mark 10, 27, and Luke 18, 27. But Jesus says unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter in to the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, well, who then can be saved? And Jesus beheld them and said unto them, with men this is impossible What with God, all things are possible. I'm going to come back to that. And then the third mention of the impossible is during Mary, when the angel comes and speaks to Mary and and about Elizabeth. He comes to speak to Mary and says, you are impregnated. You will be impregnated with the son of man, with the Christ. And she's just perplexed, if you can imagine. Says, well, wait a minute, Mr. Angel. I haven't done anything to get pregnant, basically. And also, I'm not just going to impregnate you. The Lord's not just going to impregnate you. He's going to, or actually he tells her Elizabeth is impregnated at, the, at her old age when she's been called barren. And we know that she brought forth John the Baptist. 
And so the Lord reminds us that we have been impregnated with the impossible. And it is time to give birth to it and release it into the world in a big way. But here's the thing, you guys, by no doing of our own. It is a supernatural process. And he reminds us through the declaration of the impossible over Mary and Elizabeth that it's not too late. It's never too late to say yes to the impossible. And giving birth, even after years of that thing sitting in you, and we're all brides and sons and all that stuff, so I figure everybody in here can be pregnant, okay? So this is a time that God said, go back and look at the order. When do, does my impossibility kick in? So the first is around deliverance and healing and walking in your salvation. We don't know how to do it. It is impossible. But God walks us into that. And the second is around accessing, putting down the riches, the, thing of this, these, the things of this world, the things through which we've identified ourselves, and picking up his kingdom wealth, his kingdom assignment that lasts for generations. We have to put the riches down in order to raise up the wealth that he really has for us. And then the third is about releasing that thing that God has been birthing in you into the world like never before. There is a pathway, if you hear me today. We want to release that thing. But we haven't done the first impossibility and the second impossibility so we can birth that thing and have everything we need to get it out in the world. And so there's a process. God's a God of process. He's a process God. And so he's the God of the impossible. And what we get to do today is say yes to the impossible. So there are some steps to enter in to the realm of the impossible. You guys know I wouldn't just leave you like, okay, okay, bye-bye. We are going to learn some steps. So if you have something to write on, get it out now because you want to get this. It will change your reality. There are three steps that we have to take or we get to choose to take. The first is entering in to the secret place. Psalms 91, 1 through 2, and we know this well. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortune, my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. This is the time when you sit with the Lord and he, and you ask him, Lord, show me what's left over in my heart that I need to get rid of. Show me what's in my soul that needs to go. Show me anything in between you and me so I can hear you and receive the instruction from the kingdom of heaven so I can manifest it in the earth as the kingdom of God. Here's the newsflash. And every time I get the mic in my hand, I remind y'all that planning the kingdom of God in the earth is on us. Jesus already empowered us with everything we need through the Father. This is the time to remove all, and I mean all, between you and oneness in him through Christ. Time's up, time is out, and time has ran out for wounded Christians. Time up for insecure, inadequate Christians caught in their past, woe is me, being victimized just like the world is. You all are assignments to get that stuff handled because it is a full-time job to do what God called you to do. You don't even have time to be in fear. 
You don't even have time to like dwell on petty things from people's stuff. It's time to transcend all of that and come into the realm of kingdom, the realm of the impossible, the realm beyond which you know how to do. All of us have an impossible assignment. There's not one person in this room or listening to the sound of my voice online that does not have an impossible assignment. Let me tell you about an impossible assignment. It is an assignment that will change the world. It is an assignment so big that when you release it in the earth, they're going to talk about you after you're no longer here. It's an assignment in the earth that your children's children will be like, let me tell you what my great-grandma and my great-grandfather did so I can have this life right now. It's an assignment that calls you to write that book. And it's just a book to you. But to God, it's something that unlocks keys in people's lives. There's an assignment for you to start that podcast. I do a lot of work in the area of diversity, equity, and inclusion in in one of my companies. And I'm building a team of uh, trainers that we can go into corporate America and literally bring the order of the kingdom of God in the area of diversity, equity, inclusion. So I'm training my team up. And one of our assignments was to listen to a white supremacist podcast. It was profound. And I thought there's not enough of us releasing the word of God. See, we're living in a time where God removed the barriers. You don't have to wait anymore. You don't need an agent to go sell your book proposal to a house to write your book. You can write it right now and hire everybody out yourself and have that book in your hand and put it on Amazon and let it reach the world. You don't have to wait to release that song anymore. You can start your YouTube channel. And get your equipment together and turn on your camera and release it and let the sound ripple and reverberate around the world with no one's permission because God already gave you the permission. You were called to do the impossible. What I want to know today is will you say yes? There's something stuck in you. Because we have been stuck in ourselves instead of keeping our minds, as that song said, that we sing in praise and worship, our minds are the mind of Christ high in our heart and high in our minds. We've let other stuff get higher. And here's the thing. When you do kingdom, because it's not us, we're just vesseling this thing, you're going to be the best. Are you ready to be the best? Are you ready to win? Not in comparison to anyone else, your best, because your best is God's best. And if you say yes to his will and his way, he will put a platform up for you to shine and set the standard wherever he places you. Will you say yes to the impossible? So the second step, I'm only on the second, you guys got the first one in the quiet place. Okay, well, let me get back. Second one. This is deep. Open your spiritual ears and eyes. Is to love yourself. And I was having this conversation with God, and I was like, God, why don't you have any scripture about like self-love? Because I talked about self-love for years. And he must have taken pity on me that day. And he says, Daughter, don't you know that it is the second and greatest commandment? 
It's, it's the second and greatest commandment. Thou shalt love the Lord God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. In Mark 12, 30 through 31, it says there is no other commandment greater than these. But we missed it because we started to focus on the neighbor. The Lord says, love thyself, love thy neighbor as thyself. So somewhere along the way, we started to love our neighbor up here and put ourselves down. Love our neighbor up here, put ourselves down. That is not the second and greatest commandment. The second greatest commandment said, you must come up and love yourself as my creation, said the Lord. So then you can love your neighbor. It is the second and greatest commandment. And when I was talking to the Lord about it, he said, if you don't love yourself as my creation, you're actually rejecting me because I created you. With all our bumps and all our bruises, he created you. Do you love yourself? Come on, y'all. And I went back to that scripture when the Lord talks about the rich young man not being able to get through the eye of the needle. And I said, Lord, what's this? T- tell me about that. I Googled it. I, you know, none of it. I was like, this ain't it. Lord, what is it? And he said, the needle represents the narrow way. And few there will be who find it. He said, you cannot take your old stuff or your old identity or your old possessions or the things of this world and enter into the power of the kingdom of God. And this is what he needs you to get today. You are more than enough just as you are. Your true wealth is in me and my kingdom, says the Lord. Riches are temporary, but my kingdom wealth is more than enough right now and for all eternity. When you focus on kingdom, it is bigger than you. It impacts generations. You guys got it? Number two, number one is to enter into the secret place. Be intentional about being in prayer and meditation with the Lord. The word actually tells us to meditate on his word day and night. Second one, you got it, love yourself. Sounds easy. If we knew how to do it, we would. And if that's impossible for you, start there. God, it's impossible. With everything I've been through, it feels impossible to love myself. Great. He's the God of the impossible. I'm, no, I'm, I'm serious. Some days you are our impossible as Lord, I don't know how to get up and get it together. That's your impossible for that day. Will you believe God for it? You don't know how to do it. And if we can master the, the small impossibles, oh my goodness, it just strengthens us and grows us in our faith and grows us. And we start going, well, wait a minute, you did all this. What can you do for my family, Lord? What can you do for my community? What can you do for my business? What can you do for the world? Amen. Will you believe God for the impossible? Woo! And here's the mama, daddy, whopper one, number three. And all of this was to get right here. Number three is write the impossible on your heart. And I don't have time to break the revelation down. I can just get it to you. And we prayed for spiritual eyes and ears to be open and you receive this. And it plants in your heart and the wicked one cannot come and take it from you. So what the Lord is needing you all to know, 
that whatever is written on your heart becomes the instructions to the heavenly realm. I'm going to say it again. Whatever is written on your heart becomes the instructions to the heavenly realm. So whatever's on my heart, I don't even, I may not even be aware of it, but I have just dispatched the heavenly realm to orchestrate it on my behalf. So if I have love on my heart, then without even knowing it, in the angelic realm, my heart's red and the angels are like, cool, let me go give Erica more love. Let me go find her some more loving people. Let me go negotiate some more loving circumstances. Or if I have joy on my heart, that's an instruction that heaven gets to execute on my behalf. That is how God set it up and we have not been aware of it. When I say we must purify and heal our hearts, I beg of you, finish the work so we can only have the things of kingdom on our hearts. So here's the thing. If I have something of darkness on my heart, because Jesus broke the power of Satan in the earth, he has to have a place for access or permission. It comes when there is darkness, sin, hurt, pain, emotional wounds, disappointment written on our heart. So if I've got fear written on my heart, because that is not in the realm of light, without knowing it, I have completely just orchestrated a heavenly release to go orchestrate me some more fear. Let's put some people that cause her to fear. Let's put some circumstances that cause her to fear. So here's the thing. When the Lord began to bring me this revelation, I was like, Lord, I've been a Christian for, you ever start negotiating with God? I was like, Lord, I've been a Christian for a long time and I've never heard this. And if you have me release this, I really think they're going to lock me up. That's what I said to God. And I said, so you have to show me the scripture. And he took me right away to Habakkuk 2 and 2. You know it well, but hear it differently today. And the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon tables so they, that they may run that readeth it. Write the vision and make it plain upon tables so they may run that readeth it. And then it goes on to say, for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but in the end it shall speak and not lie, though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. And a lot of us have been taught the application of that word is to write your goals, write your vision, which is powerful, do that. But what the Lord meant when he had the scripture written is that the tables or the tablets that are talked about in that scripture are the tablets of your heart. They're mentioned several times throughout the word. They're the tablets in Proverbs 3, 7 and that are mentioned in Proverbs 7, 3. The tablet of your heart. Your heart records everything. And he says, write the vision and make it plain upon the tablet of your heart so they may run that readeth it. The they, and it actually says it in the NIV version, it says the messengers may run that read it. And I submit to you that in your heart, right here where you are, you hold the power to change the world if you understand how to move in the realm of the impossible. 
I remember when I moved here 15, 16 years ago from Seattle, the Lord literally told me to move to Raleigh. I didn't know anybody. And uh, I said, okay. So I packed up me and my daughter, gave everything away that couldn't fit in a box, had the box shipped. We flew, had the car shipped. And I had, uh, we didn't have Zoom then, so they were teleclasses. So I was teaching through teleclasses, and I had several contracts with several organizations. So I was like, I'm good, I can move to Raleigh, I have some revenue coming in until I build there. Oh, thank you, God. I know how to do, I can do this. So I move here, and I remember we're sleeping on pallets. Because I had, when I say zero money, I mean like zero money. I had faith and will and obedience which is way powerful anyway, way, way more powerful anyway, but we were sleeping on pallets. I remember I was on the pallet in my room. My daughter was on the pallet in her room. And I was like, okay, Lord, I'm here. Now what? And he says, now I want you to release your contracts because there is a word I want to bring through you. I was like, okay, hold up. Maybe I stayed up too late last night because I think I just heard you say, The very thing that we can live on, you just told me to let go. And I'm in a new city. I know zero people. And he said it again. It's time to release the stuff because I have a message to bring through you. And I distinctly remember I had three weeks between that time and the time rent was due. And I was like, I guess I better get busy. And he released. He said, I said, Lord, what's the first thing? He goes, I'm going to speak to you and you're going to write a book. And it turned into three books. And I got them done because you could self-publish. And um, that three books turned into just continued revelation and just businesses and all kinds of things. And now is the time to really get to release it into the world. But he would just speak and bring revelation. And I would just record it. And I looked on my server. I literally have 400 recordings of revelation that you all are ready for now. I said, thank you, Jesus. And this one is 15 years old. So here's the thing. I want to show you how to write on your heart the things of the impossible. We are so powerful, we don't even understand. And if you are like me and you're ever like, Lord, I'm doing everything I know to do, why am I still experiencing things that not less than the promises of Scripture? It's actually a simply profound answer. It depends on what is written on your heart. And I was taught, like, you know, you don't air your dirty laundry. You keep your issues to yourself. But the truth is, it's heaven's business. And what's so beautiful about that is we have the ability to write on our hearts, right? Imagine if your heart's completely purified. There's nothing of darkness. There's no doubt. There's no fear. There's no inadequacy. There's nothing that's not of Jesus, that's not of the fruit of the Spirit. And that's all that's written on your heart. And then you start to write on your heart what your impossible is, that book, that podcast, that business, that restaurant, that new album, whatever it is, that fashion line, whatever it might be. And the word says that it will be done for you. Because he has cadres of angels of the impossible that are set aside to execute on your behalf. But they're sitting unemployed. So today is an invitation to enter in to the realm of the impossible from the realm of the possible. So what we have to do, the word says we got to believe. And so I want to take you all through an exercise. I want you to close your eyes for a minute. And I want you to get in your mind's eye your impossible kingdom assignment. Not in your world, not in your family, 
God will take care of those things. What's your impossible assignment? If it's writing books, see the books finish. See them like they're, you're holding them in your hand. See them. You guys got to close your eyes to do this. See it. What is it? See it as if it's already done. And I want to read scripture over you. And Jesus answering says unto them, have faith in God. For verily I say to you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says will come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he says. And the word says, therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you have received them and you shall have them. So you guys, there's people with eyes open. What is happening? Close your eyes. You're good. Close your eyes. And I want you to see that thing. What is it? Get it in your mind's eye as if it's right there in your hand. As if your team is here, as if your restaurant is, see that restaurant with full people. See that album with people listening to it. See that podcast, wherever it is, see it. And now, I want you to allow yourself to feel it as if it's already done. Allow the emotion as if it's done to overtake your body to come into your mind, to come into your heart and just allow it to pour over you like a heavenly shower. Will it feel like joy? Will it feel like relief? Happiness? How is it going to feel when the impossible is in your hand? And you know you're in belief when your emotions line up as if it's already done. If you come out of this exercise that you can do any time and you're still feeling stress, you're not in belief. Belief is defined as 100% certainty. You know that you know that you know it is done. Connect with that thing as if it's already done and allow yourself to feel it. Allow yourself to feel it. And when you make that connection in that quiet space, move on to the next thing that feels impossible. When you connect with it, let me know by opening your eyes. You see it and you can feel it. Thank you, Lord. You are writing it on your heart. Anything that's not what God wrote on my heart, go in the name of Jesus. I release you. And here's what we get to do. We get to access this at any time. We get to go, wait a minute. Oh, I'm freaking out. Got stuff going on. There's a lot going on. Lord, I'm stressed out. Stop. I call it a spiritual chiropractic adjustment. Let me get it back. Get back into the impossible. 
God's got all this stuff. We're in a series that says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things will be added unto you. We've been a little too focused on the things and not the kingdom. You were born to change the world. You were born to change the world. I want to tell one quick story, and then we're going to do an action item here. I shared in the first service about Dr. King and how the civil rights movement was really a response in obedience to God. And there was a moment in that process that all the pastors around here said, man, it's just too much. You know they're going to put the dogs on us. They're t- Let's just go home. Because it was at this time, I think it was the Edmund Pettus March. It was right before Easter, and that was the time of the biggest tithe in the church. And they're like, we can go home, I'll be at my, we'll just go back. And Dr. King, and we don't hear much about this, but he quietly got up. He went to a room in the back. He fell to his knees. And I have to assume he asked the Lord, Lord, is this your will? And the Lord said, yes. And he thought, well, I know it's impossible, God. But I say yes. And he got up and he changed clothes into his marching clothes. And he came out amongst the pastors. And they got the message and they marched. And at that point, the civil rights movement was televised. And here we sit on the eve of Martin Luther King Day with a man that in 39 short years changed the world. And for whatever reason, I woke up thinking about Danny Thomas. And you may not know that name, but you may know his work. He created the Shriners Hospital. What is it, the the hospital for children? St. Jude's. And one morning I woke up and God goes, look at the story of St. Jude. And I'm like, what? And it was Danny Thomas, like back in the 50s. And he told God, he said, if you ever make me famous, I will build a hospital that not only treats children for no cost, but it cures them. And I didn't know he said that to God before he made him famous. And then he talked about how everybody told him it couldn't be done. Everybody told him this is impossible, Danny. And he said yes to the impossible and did it anyway. And I don't know about you, but I can't go on the radio without hearing and wanting to give to St. Jude. And he's long gone. His daughter Marlo runs it now. That's an impossible. We have impossible assignments on our lives. And so you have the ability right where you are to start moving in the realm of the impossible. Do that exercise. It's yours. You can do it at your desk. You can do it in the shower. You can do it while you're watching TV on the couch. Just stop. Get it back together. Get into the impossible. And when you're there, when you believe it as if you've received it, this is how you know you will get up and take action. Because if you don't get up and take action, you're just in hope. You're not in belief. Belief with works equals faith. Faith is action. You'll write that book. You don't know how you're going to get it done. You may not have a penny in your bank account. You will do what's in your hands, and God will take it and multiply it. So what I want to challenge us, invite us to do today, if you say yes to God's assignment of the impossible in your life, come forward. Just come forward. Take some action. And I want you just to say, yes, God, I will do what is the impossible, fill in the blank. Yes, God, I will 
Just say it, whisper it out loud, not just in your head. Yes, God, I will. Yes, God, I will build that ministry. Yes, God, I will write those books. Yes, God, I will build that business. Yes, God, I will. Yes, God, I will. And Lord, we just come to you asking for forgiveness and repenting that we have been trying to do it our way, on our time, with our know-how. And we lay it down to you right now in the name of Jesus. And so right now, anything standing between you and believing God for the impossible, I want you to exhale it right now. Fear, exhale it. Let it go. Doubt, let it go. Unbelief, Lord, help us with our unbelief. Unbelief, get out now. Let it go. Release it. Insecurity, anywhere where we have not learned to love ourselves, we let it go. In Jesus' name, breathe that thing out and get it out of your temple. Do you not know you are the temple of the Most High God in which the Holy Spirit dwells? Anything that is not of light is trespassing in your body, in your mind, in your soul. Let it go. Breathe it out. And Lord, we just come into agreement now and ask that you ignite the power of the impossible in us. The power of the kingdom of heaven. The work is already done, Lord. Give us the bridge from where we are right now to it being done and finished and in our hands. In the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, on today we recommit. We thank you that you are parting the way no matter what is happening in the world so we can walk forward doing your impossible. And kingdom of heaven come. Your will be done in us on earth as it is in heaven. In all these things we pray and together we say, Lord, it is done and we represent that by amen. Amen. And just stay in this place, you all. Ministry team, just come and stand in agreement with them. Freedom team, cast out what's in the way. Let's get us free and let's get busy doing the work of the impossible. This is a church assigned to do the impossible. And we say, thank you, Lord. Have your way. Thank you so much for joining us. There are so many opportunities to grow, connect, and be encouraged. To learn more, visit ctfraleigh.com and follow us on social media. Thank you so much for being part of the family. We are so thankful for you.